Hello and welcome to the podcast. This edition of the Kellen and Alex show is recorded in May of 2020. This is a more serious podcast. We talk about the George Floyd incident. We actually watch the video to get away from the politics as much as we can and just comment directly on what we saw. And then after that, we get into the protests that were happening nationwide, the federal, state, and local police response to the protest. Um, we also talk about coronavirus and what does this mean for the future of the pandemic that coronavirus is now no longer news and protests are the only news. Um, is coronavirus being used as a political tool in all of this? So we get into that and much more in this edition of The Kellen and Alex Show. And bing, bang, bong, we are live. Kellen and Alex Show. This is a special edition of The Kellen and Alex Show. So glad you guys could join us today. How are you doing, Mr. Lake? I'm doing great, Alex. A lot of stuff to talk about, man. Some very serious stuff. Some very serious stuff. And this is a podcast. Uh, we decided to do a special edition, not on Thursday, Wednesday, so we could... Uh, talk about this. Kellen and I have been going back and forth, um, talking about what what's on really everybody's mind. Um, George Floyd, his death, and then subsequent protest across the country. I mean, it's just it's it, there's so much to talk about, and it's just a disgrace, a true disgrace. One of the worst things I've ever seen. Actions from a police department, and you know, just a couple of days later, the next day, you know the uh, building the police building in Minneapolis gets burned down. And, uh, really from there, it just started, man. And now it's whole U S people are just going insane, looting, rioting, peaceful protesting. Um, but I tell you what, man, it's, I've never seen anything like this before with all the amount of looting and, and just, and just absolute chaos. I mean, the only word right now, to describe this entire thing is chaos. It's pure chaos. So to lead us off, I think um, for you guys who haven't seen it, and um, I think we're just going to watch part of the video of um, of his his murder to kind of lead off so we can have something to talk about. So I'm going to try and bring it up on screen. Um, let me bring it over. Just one second. Exit full screen over here. And I'm going to bring it up and we should have audio as well. So you guys should be able to hear it. Uh, and this is the full. This Ron is the, this is so the video. To any of our, you know, viewers, we. Yeah, this is just, please. This is. Uh, what it is, yeah. You know? And it's graphic. So. Um, graphic. So if you guys just want to listen to audio or if you actually want to see it. Um, yeah, let's let's definitely take a look here. Okay. And, you know, this is just it's what it is. And it's unfortunate. And uh, just we pray for his family, and for his brother, and just for all the things that transpired on that day. So I'm showing the video right now. Uh, Kellen, if you want to pull it up on your, your end as well. Where is it on here, Alex? Uh, it, it's on. You can just watch it on your yeah. phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, as you guys can see, he's um, he's been arrested. And there's uh, three police officers back behind him on his back as well, and this one officer has his his knee on his neck. I can't 
Well, get up, get in the car, man. I will. Get up, get in the car. I can't move. I've been waiting the whole time. Ah. 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 Get up, get in the car. Mama. Get up and get Mama. in the car tonight. I can't. You can't get your attitude to get in, bro. Mama. You can't win. My niece. You can't My win, niece. man. I'm through. I know you're in a nephew. Listen. Uh, that's foolish. My stomach hurts. My neck hurts. Everything hurts me. Ah, water from Please. Please. Ah, I can't breathe all the time. 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 Ah, I can't breathe all I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. You're a tough guy. You're a tough guy, huh? You're a tough guy. So I'm going to skip forward a little bit. This continues for another uh, minute, minute and a half. He's pleading. Also, the, the people around him are uh, are telling the cop he's choking him to death, basically. Bro, you can get him off the ground. You've been a bum right now. You can get him off the ground, bro. You can get him off the ground. You've been a bum right now. He enjoying that. He enjoying that shit. He enjoying that shit. Oh, that is hard to watch. It's very hard to watch. right now, bro. You could have fucking put him in the car by now, bro. He's not resisting arrest or nothing. Oh, that just... You enjoying it. Look at it. just enrages me watching it. You fucking bum. It's the white. But we already know that, bro. I train with half of these bum ass dudes at the academy, bro. You know that's bogus right now, bro. So the people around him are obviously uh, this the the guy. His name's Devin Derek. I forget what his name is. Police officer. Um, he's uh, yeah. Just look at evil in his eye, and he is uh, George Floyd is. You know, losing consciousness at this point. Um, officers on his neck, his major arteries, and can't breathe as well. The protesters know, or not the protesters, sorry, the, the people around them know this. And this continues. About at about this point, George is no longer responsive. About four minutes into having his neck right there. And this continues for. He's unresponsive about the four-minute mark, um, and the ambulance ends up coming. Another two minutes of being on his neck and being completely unresponsive. Um, all the cops on top of him. Ambulance arrives, and uh, George Floyd is dead at this point. The EMTs come over to uh, check him, and they check his pulse at this point in time, and uh, he's dead. And the, the cop, the the cop knew he was murdering him while he was doing it. It's pretty obvious from the video. It's most one of the most graphic things I've ever seen. And the other cops, uh, there were three other cops apparently that were um, there as well who were on top of him while this police officer obviously is killing him on his, his neck. So there's four, 
four cops total. This one, I believe there's two over here. And then obviously the cop who is uh, keeping back the other people. Put him on the stretcher. He's pretty much dead at this point. So there were, there were three other, there was, so there were four total cops there. There were total cops. And then in really in the video, we can only see another one. Um, and just by the looks of it, I mean, you know, George is there on the ground and his neck just being, you know, stood on by that police officer. The other cop is just there kind of, you know, just kind of pushing people back, I guess, you know, just kind of supervising right there. And when you look at uh, the cop that was, had his knee on George Floyd, he just looked like he was looking forward and not really even looking down at him. And so not even like acknowledging the fact that he was just dying. I mean, he was there. To me, it looked like there was foam coming out of his mouth or something. Like he was just gasping for air. And uh, that cop just stood there, didn't even like move position, just sat there with his knee on his neck and killed him. And there is absolutely no way. By the way, that cop's wife divorced him that day. I didn't, didn't know that. that. Yeah, she divorced him right away. Um, eight and so, full minutes, eight minutes, 40 seconds of total pressure on the neck. And uh, I think the, you know, there's like when you watch this, <laughs> there's like, there's so many. I mean, there's when, when he's pleading for his life. I mean, that's. I mean, it gets you so much right there. But then once he passes out, the fact that the cop continues that pressure for the next six minutes and he he's looking at George Floyd. He knows what he's doing. He's he's killing him. I mean, you can tell from the video that 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 cop and and, and all the people you have, like people who are over there saying you're killing him. He's dying. You're what are you doing? Like. And the other three cops are just sitting there going along with it, right? Yeah, I think that's um, so. Couple. I things, wanted. I, I mean, wanted to start this with the actual video before we mm-hmm. get into everything that's kind of exploded around it. Um, you really can't watch that video and come away with any other conclusion than um, that. Yeah, that George was murdered in this way. And, you know, in my opinion, um, because I've been seeing all sorts of stuff on social media, just absolute, an absolute war on social media, on Facebook, of just people on both sides, more, you know, obviously towards the rioting and looting. But, um, you know, if it was me and whoever makes that call, I would convict all four of those cops for murder like that. And I would say, you guys all had a chance to do something. All you did was stood there and just watch this man die. And if it was me, I'd convict all four of them of murder right away. No question, nothing else. Either that or you put them in prison for the rest of their life. And, um, and to me, it's an absolute disgrace that we would have uh, police officers who go through multiple types of training to become a cop, who go through mini boot camps, who, face dangerous situations every day. And to see something like that shows the lowest of the low 
of our police of our police department in the United States. That is the lowest thing, the worst thing you'll ever see is something like that. A man gasping for air and a cop just brutally kills him. I mean, to me, that's worse than getting shot in the head with a sniper rifle. And you know what? It's a disgrace. One of the worst things that I've ever seen, and I would convict all four of those cops for murder because they all had a chance to do something. They must've all had that agenda. They, they were there. They were watching this. They saw what was going on. And they were definitely, definitely racist. Definitely racist out of their minds. By the way, Twitch, like by the way, Twitch viewers, we're, we're taking chat as well. So if you guys got thoughts, um, initial reaction to, I don't know if you've seen the video before or just pictures, but we watched the full video here. Um, so we are, we're, we are watching chat. Okay. Let's, let's do this. Let's go through what had to, I mean, logically, what had to have been the, the thought process? What are the possible thought processes of, let's go through each. The guy. Uh, I got to get his name. His name is Devin, right? The, Devin. Uh, well, one thing for what, sure. Derek, we, Derek, Derek yeah, Chauvin's Derek. the guy's name. Okay. What is, what was Derek Chauvin thinking and intending with that arrest? What were the other three cops thinking and intending with the arrest? And what were the people who were standing by obviously thinking with like, what was going on? I mean, it seems, okay, what, what could have been the possibility? Derek, so, you know, George Floyd is not a small guy. He's 250, he's 6'6", six, six, six. he's a big man. And they had a lot of officers and they wanted, they were going to arrest him. And like, they were arresting him for like a counterfeit $20 bill or something like that. Isn't that right? Yeah, they, he had some sort of counterfeit, yeah. Which Why is, they needed look. to arrest him for that? I mean, first of all, yeah, we could go through that, but. They get him on the ground and they wrestle him to the ground. And as the people who are standing by are saying, just get him in the car. And he, you know, and George himself was like, I'll get in the car. And the police officer says multiple times, oh, yeah, go ahead. Try get in the car. <laughs> so, I mean, that if if you're building the case that Derek was intending to kill George Floyd. Uh, the fact that he didn't get him in the car had the knee on the neck the entire time both the people who were standing by and george himself said i'll get in the car and derek reaffirmed this by saying uh try go ahead and try to get in the car i mean all of that like is it possible that derek was just fearful for his life and what you know didn't want to release uh george because he thought he could have like run away or you know it would have hurt you know, well, is there a possibility of that? I think that, well, first of all, I don't think that because they have, they have four cops there. Okay. He's not going to get away. No. And so that we can put that, shove that off to the side because he's definitely not going to get away. Um, and what I'm thinking is, is he was, he must've been in a, a state of mind where he was just thinking he just had violence on his mind. Yeah. And he must've had some sort of mindset where he was coming in thinking, okay, I'm going to arrest this man right here. He had some counterfeit money, but what came, what happens when you actually take him and he's on the ground, you get him on the ground. 
first of all, I haven't seen it. How did they get him from the, you know, I don't know. to the police car? I don't know. Cause it looked like he was by the wheel, the rear, rear right uh, tire. It looks like he was there. So somehow they got him there. I don't know. Either that he just ran there. I don't know. So I don't know that but, part of the story. How did they get him to the ground? Like what led up to him being thrown on the ground to be arrested? I, he must have, he must have, uh, just fought, struggled or something. I, I could be wrong, but that's what I'm guessing is that he fought and struggled and they got him to the ground and he was just holding him there and his knee was on him. So at that point we start thinking of, okay, this guy is racist out of his mind. He's uh, okay. Okay. Hey, okay. Twitch viewers, Kellen as well. Kellen, I'm going to send you the link. Uh, maybe okay. I could just, maybe I could just share a screen. Let me do that. Why don't you share a screen on here? So everybody so can see here's it. a video of, uh, yeah, here we go. Desktop one share. Okay. There you go. Um, let's see. Okay, now you can see it. Um, but yeah, this think. is important. This is how we kind of get our viewers con- can share it. Yeah, let me uh, let me do this. This is important to how we kind of get our context as to how it transpired. Yeah, I'm just going to bring it up here, Kellen. I'll uh, I'll send you the link so you can view it as well. This is a security video leading up to George Floyd's death. Uh, I'm just sending it to Kellen real quick. Uh, I'll pull it up for you guys as well. So I haven't seen this either. So this is what leads up to him ending up on the ground in the video that we see uh, later on. So I'm going to pull it up to full screen so you guys can take a look. And uh, we should have audio for you as well. And let me send this to Kellen real quick. Thank you guys for your patience. All right, so this is uh, this is the video leading up to George Floyd's arrest. Okay, so they come up to his car. Okay. Are you watching as well, Kellen? Yep. So it looks like no audio for this video, just security cam video. Uh, okay. There's someone else in the car with him. Okay, so cops there at the side. Oh, so he's in a car to start. He wasn't out walking somewhere. There's another guy in the car with him. Then they go to arrest him for something. Doesn't look like they have any problem. They just show up out of nowhere, basically. Okay, let's let's go back. Let's go back a second. Um, on my my end here. If you notice, there they walk up to him. There's no lights on so they didn't like pull him over for something they literally just went up to his car and uh (laughs) okay now kellen you see that right they didn't like pull him over where was the probable cause for them even approaching them like what was the probable cause here right maybe they maybe they we don't know i don't know what the probable cause is here maybe they smelled maybe i don't know maybe there's marijuana or something i have no idea they just rolled up to this car. Uh, two cops, one on both sides. It looks like there's multiple people in the car. Uh, they open it up, and <laughs> it, they just go up to him and they push him against. Yep, and they just pull the him wall. out and then basically instantly grab him. Yeah, and 
grab him, not even like this. This is two minutes. There's barely a conversation that's gone on. Yeah. <laughs> like barely a conversation. And then all of a sudden they're arresting him. It's this, this arrest has taken all of two minutes. They never pulled up behind him. They just went up to his car. The other people got out of the car. They pulled him out of the car and immediately go to arrest him. They start moving him around. He's not resisting. He doesn't look happy about it, but he's not resisting. The squad car then pulls up. So it looks like they, they're, uh, they were prepared to walk up. He's not resisting arrest. And then it kind of fades out of the picture. But apparently, I don't know. They put the I handcuffs get- on him. Okay, that is that Derek or is that somewhere else? No, what they what happens is if you go to like at the very, it's kind of at the end of the video. They it takes them out of the picture, so the camera is just showing the police car, park the park police car. Park police is the place. So now they're and, moving uh, him to another. There's probably another squad car where they're. Uh, that's when the events start. Is yeah, when the other squad car. So it doesn't look like there's video um, of him, you know, right before. Uh, maybe this will have it. Guys, I just want to get all the video out there so we can. Um, so we can really make an informed understanding of this. I know a lot of people have talked about, OK. Here is the uh, here's the body cam. Body cam of the arrest. Um, body cam will do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching another video uh, based on the body cam. And so this cop is actually across the street. So this is the ambulance that rolls up. So I, I believe this is where it happens across the street. Anyways, I didn't mean to divert us too far, but I, I think that's... Um, that, I think that just adds to it, the fact that they rolled up on him. We don't really know the whole cause. And then um, I suppose there must have been a time where maybe he was moving or whatever, and they, they then they threw him to the ground for the arrest. Um, I don't know if that adds too much to it, but I, I wanted to see what, what was happening before, and then we get to the video. And... Um, so you can tell even from the video when they roll up, like it didn't look like they they didn't just ask them a bunch of questions and whatever. They literally just pulled him out of the car and then arrested him pretty immediately. Right. We're not given what what the probable cause was or anything like that. It doesn't give it, it just doesn't make sense. It's like police brutality already. Before he even like gets to the ground, like that we don't. There's no really like, real context given to us. Right. I don't get it. So I mean, in and of itself, a quick arrest, or, um, well, there, I mean, there's multiple. There's multiple things to it, right? So, people who are saying police brutality against um, African Americans, the fact that they rolled up pulled them out of the car pretty immediately and just arrested them, you know, was that part of the racial profiling 
and discrimination? I think a lot of people would say yes. That's part of it. And then when he and he looked, he was complying for all that security video when he when he went over there, put his hand behind his back. He wasn't being violent. Um, and then when they throw him to the ground, we, we don't see that part of the video. I'm, there may be that out there. Twitch viewers, if you have it, please drop a link for us. Uh, he's not resisting arrest and then he gets thrown to the ground. And then, you know, when he's thrown to the ground, he has the knee in the neck thing for a full eight minutes. And by that time, you can really tell this guy, Derek, was intending to murder George. It was so the charges that. OK, so I should I should move into we can move into now, like now that we have like. The case, what actually the, the facts of what happened, now we can move into like how the case has gone and everything else. So just recently, uh, the officer, Derek Chauvin, has been charged with second degree murder. So original, excuse me, originally they were thinking to charge him with third degree murder, which third degree is like, it's almost, it's not manslaughter. It's intention to, uh, it's gross. What is it? Gross neglect or something like that. And uh, showing obvious lack of empathy or uh, concern for human life. They bumped it up to intention to murder second degree degree charges. Intention to murder, but uh, not premeditated. Mm. So that's what they're charging him with, Derek Schaub. <laughs> okay, do you think from the video there is sufficient evidence to say he intended to murder him um, and then carried it out, obviously? I do. Um, so 100%. that's going to be that's going to be the legal case uh, that has to be made, and um, I do a hundred percent. I think that it's clearly evident that he has he. It's as clear as day. Police brutality. I mean, he's just sitting there. There's no other people around that are going to threaten, like have guns to shoot the cop to get off of him, right? There's nobody around that has any weapons. It's just two other people that are telling him, Hey, what are you doing, man? Like he's, what are you doing, dude? Like he's, he's, uh, you're going to kill him. There's no need for this brutality. What are you doing? And so, um, it, it clearly shows that this cop had murder on his mind in the most brutal of ways. And I don't know how you said, how you can say that that wasn't just blatant, a blatant killing. I mean, it's one of the most disgraceful things I've ever seen. I, t you know what, when this happened, I, I told my mom about it and my mom doesn't get, you know, mad very often, but when she heard this, she basically went off on just what a disgrace it was, what a shame that that police department should have on their officers, those four in particular, uh, and just what a disgrace that has, everything has transpired. You know what? When I thought about it, I didn't really see it very clearly, the video, but now since I've seen it, I can completely understand why there's, why, why there's rioting and looting. I can completely understand that mm -hmm. because that was something that takes people back to just bad moments in American history yep. where black people were being just targeted. And, and you know what? And that's the first thing that'll come to their mind. Um, at least like 
from what I've seen and just with different interviews and people talking, just it kind of resets that, you know, idea in their mind of like, what, why is there so much brutality here? Why is there so much police brutality? There's been photos of cops that have, that are holding up signs saying, stop police brutality. And um, we can get as political as we want and we can say this and that, but the fact remains that this was a blatant act of murder that should be that all, in my opinion, all four cops committed, not just that cop, but those other cops that stood there and watched that didn't do anything about it. Didn't do one thing could have saved his life, could have taken their fellow cop and pushed him off of him and at least gave him a chance to breathe. And it's a disgrace. They didn't do anything. All four of those cops should be charged with murder, be put in prison for the rest of their life. And I think that's light. Yep. And the other three cops have been charged today with um, being accomplices for, for murder, basically being um, accomplices for it now. Okay. I want to get a little bit to like how the trial is going to go and whatever else. So one thing that people uh, have kind of not totally noted, I only heard this on one radio talk show. um, The fact that the autopsy did reveal that while when Mr. Floyd died, when George Floyd died, he was intoxicated with fentanyl and had recently used uh, methamphetamines. And, um, However, the autopsy said, yes, it was definitely because of the knee on the the neck, right? Okay, so this is going to go to court, which means there's going to be a prosecution and there's going to be a defense. The defense... How can you you defend anything like that? You can't possibly defend that. No, well, someone will. There will be a defense attorney who's going to step up and try and and make a defensive... Because that's what you have to do in court of law is to make a defensive case. Um, I think they're going to, the defense is going to use this, uh, oh, he was on fentanyl. He was on meth. That might've compounded the thing. Derek Chauvin was afraid because, uh, <laughs> because the, the guy was six, six and two fifty pounds. He was a huge guy. Um, they're going to make this style of a case. It's just how court works. They're going to say he was, he was intoxicated on fentanyl, which has all these health problems. He had recently used methamphetamines. He's a huge guy. Uh, they had to restrain him. And Derek Chauvin was using a technique to restrain him. There were two other officers there. Fentanyl makes you super strong. And, and you know, like there's certain like fentanyl, coke and these other stuff can really like make a person have like seemingly superhuman strength. They're going to make this huge wild case. And then it's going to be up to a jury and who knows who's on that jury. Right. And well, and yeah. so I'm, it's completely obvious, right? It's murder from the video and you can really just tell and video doesn't lie in that way. Although video is taken from an angle, whatever, but the defense attorney is going to make a case like this. And, um, this is when, when this trial really starts going like three months from now, we may see a complete resurgence of protest again. Something oh, way beyond what we're seeing right now. So what we saw right now is everyone reacting to seeing the video and the protests that have happened past week. And we, we, we're definitely going to get into the protests and what we think on that. Um, but when the trial gets going three months from now and, um, and these guys start to get sentenced, right? What if it comes out they don't, because 
to convict a police officer of second-degree murder is quite a serious charge and a serious case, right? He's on the job and a dangerous job and being a police officer. I, I Okay, once again, for everyone out there, he committed murder. It's pretty obvious. I'm saying what the trial is going to end up doing. The defense is going to come out and they're going to be like, he's a police officer. He was scared for his life. George Floyd was a big man. Fentanyl, methamphetamine use. Uh, Derek Chauvin didn't intend to kill him. He never intended to kill him. Blah, 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 blah. And the video is not going to lie. The video is still going to be there. I think he'll be convicted. But it's not a 0% chance that this all goes through. The trial goes through. You get a few bad apples on the jury. And he walks. Can you imagine? Or even if, let's say, the other three who are accomplices, they don't get convicted, but Derek gets convicted. Like, all parts of this trial could just explode uh, protest-wise in so many different ways. Or let's say he gets gets sentenced, and then it's a really light sentence for a a secondary murder or something like that. No, there there are so many ways that this trial is... I guarantee you that there will be rioting after this trial. I mean... And it'll get even worse. There, I don't think there's any way that they would get him off. I mean, I don't think there's any way. But if the judge decides to give him a like, a, like you said, a lesser sentence, or like the other cops around him get convicted, there will be serious riot, rioting and looting, and it, it'll probably and it'll probably be worse than what yeah, we're seeing. So it'll far. probably be worse. And and it's it's when that part of it, like when the justice gets when the trials happen, that historically the protests get the biggest and the baddest and like however bad it is now you know it could be exponentially multiplied i mean we had protests here in san diego and la mesa they burned down like two banks looted a target looted a vons la mesa's under curfew for the next five days there has been um there actually has just been peaceful protests up here uh because there's not like much up here Mm -hmm. especially like in our town so there's just been people peacefully protesting on the side of the road, just like holding up signs. By the way, um, uh, I just talked to uh, like a friend of mine, invited him, just like his thoughts. If he was going to come on, I gave him like the Zoom meeting, but I just wanted to see like he would, if, if he's going to come on, he probably won't, but I just wanted to see what his thoughts were on this. But Sweet, um, yeah. Just there, I have such a bad feeling that there's going to be a lot more rioting after. And I don't know if I've ever seen before major U.S. cities having a curfew for something like this. Um, And so the problem is, is that or there could be a way bigger problem if there's some sort of stupid judge up there that makes just has bad judgment during the case and gives the cop like a less lesser sentence. Mm -hmm. People are going to get mad. If this guy only gets like 10 years in prison, dude, furious. like if like people are going to be in incensed if he doesn't get less than like 20 years in prison. Right. Like if p- people will still be mad if he gets the rest of his life in prison, that's how bad it is. And it's going to be bad. And there's, there's probably going to be rioting after this, but let me tell you something. A black cop has been killed and another cop, got shot in the back of the head. Is this not enough? Is this not enough? You've actually, rioters and looters have killed a black cop. A, a black cop. And is this not enough? I mean, are we done yet? 
like this is just getting so out of hand. I've seen multiple videos of guys just looting, looting stores, you know, like Nike, uh, Apple. Foot Locker. <laughs> yeah, it's so the difficult. Yeah, you, this is where you have the difficult part. Like in these protests, right? It's not like they have a sign up sheet where they just say everyone who's good come and everyone who's not don't come. And so you're going to end up having like, I'd say like, you know, uh, maybe 50% of people who really, really know the case well and who are really furious and they're there to protest and peacefully, they're not intending to cause harm or anything. Another like 40% who kind of heard about it, but don't know everything about it, but know they want to protest something and they're kind of out there. (laughs) Like I was seeing this one guy getting interviewed in, in DC and they asked him about the case and whatever. And he knew basically nothing about the case. He only knew like, Oh, racism, racism or something like that. And, uh, he was out there protesting. Cause it's just like, okay, just go protest. And then there was like 10% or probably fewer who are like pretty criminal types or they're anarchist or they're, you know, Antifa, whatever, who are looking to like loot stores, cause anarchy, show it to the police, use violence, do whatever they want to do because they want to take advantage of the situation. And the problem is when you have, when you have protest at all, you're going to have some people who want to take advantage of the situation. Because it's it's a kind of protest is a kind of stop of lawlessness in a sorry a stop of lawfulness in a certain way right you're if you're standing in a freeway you're stopping the normal right and so when you stop the normal you do provide an occasion for bad actors to do bad things but it's kind of like a necessary evil part of protest is you may have people who do looting or whatever else. Now, at the same time, you can't just have people doing endless looting because then it's complete lawlessness. And so you have to have the police enforce it. And then when people start doing the social social media stuff and then show police brutality, and maybe it is brutal uh, because they're trying to defend the police and the military trying to defend property and people's law and defend law, then the social media stuff happens and people see like, oh, the police are being brutal again. And then people go protest and then the police have to respond to protest and to lawlessness and then it just like cycles and then what was you know uh what was protests that were semi-peaceful but really big in minneapolis turn into complete chaos because the police don't provide enough support lawfully stuff gets burned down trump says send in the national guard they send in the national guard so you see how it it just works in a cycle in, in a way right People ramp up the protest because of George Floyd. The protest happened. Part of that gets hijacked. People become violent. Some of those people who are protesting are bad actors and become violent. They're anarchists or whatever. The police come in and have to use really heavy tactics. And some of them, who are screwballs anyways, get up and then do really bad tactics. And then police brutality, that gets recorded. Goes back on social media. People are pissed off again. More police, more police. And then it, you know, the whole U.S. is now protesting, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just like the way it happens is it's a spiral of events that happen. And it's just one thing after another. I mean, think about how quickly all this transpired. I mean, I think the next day there was just absolute chaos, rioting and looting. Everybody saw the video. That video went went viral and basically just 
I mean, it, it just it exploded. And all of a sudden people get this, people get the idea of, uh, okay, so somebody on the streets just got brutally murdered from, uh, you know, police being just too forceful and uh, brutality. And now they get the idea of, okay, this is an opening for me to go riot and loot because I'm very pissed off yep. that yep. this happened. And so one person starts doing it and then it keeps going and it's just rolling and rolling and rolling. And now we've seen mass chaos where Trump has gone to the extent saying, if you guys go any further, we're going to bring in the United States military, U.S. military. You and know? they have, they've deployed a lot of the National Guard in these different places. And yep. um, it's, I could be wrong, but it seems like the protests are a little bit uh, less severe. I, I think they've kind of gone down. There's still protests across the country and, and across the world, really. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, over the weekend, it was very, very serious. A lot of, a lot of uh, cities have um, made curfews. Uh, Minneapolis has just been crazy. What's, what's been going on there. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the police department being burned down. Uh so, yeah, more thoughts on that. I'll just take yeah, Minneapolis well, I, over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, well, Minneapolis just went completely berserk. I mean, places were getting burned down. The police department burned down. And um, then that just kind of took away this sense of security for the citizens. I mean, it was like it was almost planned. You know, you take out the governing force first, and then you go out and you loot. Since they're Since they're out of the way, you go out and loot every everything in that area uh so you know what ha it's just the the big thing here is that one thing happened after another very quickly because of the violence of that video of the brutality and the rawness of it mm -hmm. and the big thing is that minneapolis was just like people were freaked out i have a friend I, her name is jade and I think she lives in Minneapolis or that area. And um, yeah, she was just telling us on a group chat that please pray for me. Like it's dangerous out here. I mean, can you imagine being in your home and not going to work that day and sitting in the living room all day with a shotgun in your hand? I mean, <laughs> I mean, no. that's probably what, that's probably what happened. There were probably people in their houses just holding their guns, waiting for people to come in and loot and riot. And um, businesses have been destroyed. Buildings have been burned down. People's lives, their fortunes have just been mutilated. Like they've just been, everything's been destroyed in their life because of this. And it's a shame that this happened because this isn't the America that I know. And, um, and I understand that there should be proper punishment for this. But I don't see rioting and looting as an outlet for people's anger. Um, and I don't think that it's a proper uh, I don't think that it's a proper way to do things, even though, but I think the reason why that it's happening is that people say, "Oh, if we just peacefully protest, it's not going to do anything." And to some extent, they're right, but what's the next step then? What are you going to do? Well, they're going to be violent. They're going to break into stores, they're going to burn buildings. They're going to attack police officers. 
And, uh, you know, it's just been, it's just been a, a spiral of chaos. One thing after another that, ha- that has happened very quickly because people are all getting this idea in their head that, well, somebody else is doing it. Why can't I do it? And then all just this racial hatred builds up and it just fills these people that just have in their minds just to take out every police officer that they can or any person that is, you know, um, opposing them. I mean, did you see though, in Texas, that photo, there were these guys that were like, I guess, business owners and stuff. And there was like a hundred of them or something. And they were wearing skull masks and they had like shotguns and machine guns or something lined up. And there were all these, these are civilians. These are civilians that they were, they were right in front of the rioters. And, um, basically that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were just right there. And there were these rioters right there just looking at them and those <laughs> don't mess with Texas dude, because dude, those don't mess guys, with Texas. they would have, if they felt that they were being threatened in some way or like that, I mean, there's people that will say, I'll gladly blow your head off with a shotgun. And I know that sounds, <laughs> that sounds brutal, but there are people that will do that. And there will, there are people out there that will gladly take someone else's life because they feel like they are being threatened, that their business is being threatened, that their life is being threatened, that their family's being threatened. And they'll do whatever it takes to eliminate that person. Protect their property. <clears throat> Protect yep. their, their life and their property. Guys, we're going to take a Shoot. quick break. We're going to be right back. We got more on the agenda. We got roof Koreans. I want to get to that for a little bit. We could talk about <laughs> defending one's property, gun rights. Uh, yeah. And then more on the protests, the reactions to the protest, um, where this is going. And then also coronavirus. Uh, everyone's, you know, the, the one thing we've been thinking about, we shut down our country about, and now no one cares about. So we'll be right back in just a bit. Bam. We're back. Welcome back for the break. Okay. Number one thing you should know, Roof Koreans. Roof Koreans. So Alex was the first guy that told me about this. I I was like, what the heck is a Roof Korean? Then I looked it up online and take it away, Alex. Tell us what it is. So, well, you guys can go find the subreddit. It's r slash Roof Koreans, but it's uh, it's a subreddit dedicated to uh, during the 1992 LA riots. The only part of LA that was not ridiculously looted was Koreatown. And the reason was, is the Korean Americans who were there had loads and loads and loads of guns and they were not afraid to defend their property, defend their stores. And so there's all these videos online that you can go look up on YouTube, on Reddit, whatever of Korean Americans with uh, rifles, shotguns. Sometimes they have illegal weapons like Uzis, but they're, they're guarding their stores and they're, they're guarding protecting their, stuff. their, they're protecting. And uh, guys, we are checking Twitch chat all five viewers, you guys there. So thank you so much. Uh, how is the protest for you, Twitch viewers? How is it affecting your local area? Do you live in a city? You're out in the country. Is nothing going on? Is stuff going on? So here in San Diego in La Mesa, they uh, they had a big protest over the weekend. Uh, multiple banks were burned down. Uh, a Target was looted. Um, they just had a protest in Mira Mesa, which is near me, and um, they shut down basically all the stores in Mira Mesa, which is a huge shopping area. Um, here in Poway, which is, uh, I'm actually in Poway right now, uh, part of North San Diego. Uh, they established a curfew on Sunday night. They had a protest in the street there. Um, I was just driving past areas in Mira Mesa and they had, uh, the local liquor store had boarded up 
their entire outside totally Ooh, with boards. Shoot. So this is uh, the looting really is affecting, you know, it's hitting close to home here for me in San Diego. Uh, but yeah, so roof Koreans are in 1992. Uh, the Koreans protect the property with guns and uh, in LA. And it was, you know, 1992 riots were, yeah. were quite insane. Um, yeah. And the rioting, you know, it's nothing like, what we're having now is nothing like then uh but yeah like yeah defending your property whatever else so you were talking about texas right that there were some militia in there something like that yeah so basically there were just i think they're regular civilians and they were just standing there with (laughs) these masks that were like skulls like the mouth you know just like a skeleton or whatever just sitting there with some serious weapons (laughs) and uh they were really you know how Texans are, man. They're just like ready to guns rumble. free, guns free, bro. I mean, up where I'm at, it's pretty, it's pretty mellow. There are peaceful protesters, but I'm not like in Sacramento, or anything, or you know, San Francisco. I'm not in a big city, so yeah. I bet San Fran and uh, Sacramento are pretty. I bet there's a lot of protests, riots, all sorts of stuff. There is any dude, any big city man right now is under some serious. I mean. It makes you wonder, like, do you want to live in, like, there's so many more reasons now not to live in a city. I think people were, people were talking about this with coronavirus too. It's like when a pandemic hits, the city shuts down, the country's still doing fine. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people after all this crap gets, gets through, I wonder if we're going to see a de-urbanization, like people like, okay, I don't really want to live in a, a major I city. guarantee you, I guarantee you we will. I mean, this is going to be a big thing. And look, obviously this doesn't happen all the time. And we haven't seen something like this in a long time. Yeah. But this is still going to incite a little bit of fear, I think, and, and reasonable fear into people of moving to cities or even the suburbs. I mean, it's it's a clear, it's just as clear as it can be. Like, if people want to move, first of all, I don't understand why anybody would really want to live near a big city. I mean, I don't get that. Why, do because, that? I mean, why be near people? Like, what the like, heck? By the I way, Twitch chat, Twitch chat, we are taking questions and stuff. So, uh, do you live in a city? Are the riots affecting you? We, we want to hear from you. So, uh, we do want to hear chat. this. We're watching chat. Why live in a city, Callum Lake? Why not Personally, live up in beautiful hey. California mountain country? <laughs> you know, the lakes right there. Like, what, what are you doing in the city? You know, the trying lakes, to make money. My, lakes, it's expensive. my last look. look. Lake, is, <laughs> lake is your last. <laughs> yeah. But, um, look, I can, I mean, look, people that have jobs, obviously, that's like probably the biggest thing you know, for a city. But I think if you ask the average citizen, would you rather live in a big city or out in the country? They would say out in the country. I guarantee you, they would say out in the country. I, mean, I don't, I don't want to live in a big city when I grow up, but if I have to, I mean, I probably am going to have to cause you know, sports broadcasting, but this is going to incite some fear into people and saying, if I'm choosing to live in a city, or near a big city, these are the risks that I'm signing, literally. And right. so um that is, I mean, what do you think? Like that that's like a big yeah, I think big problem. The biggest thing that's gonna move people out of the cities, I think, is this response to coronavirus. I think people are seeing like, okay, pandemic hits, cities get just you know, shut down, nothing happens. If you're out in the country, you don't have to deal with that. I think a lot of people are gonna like who live in cities are gonna go back to let's say family. And we've already seen this like in New York and stuff, like people leaving New York city who work there and going back with family out in the country. And, um, they may just be like, you know, why am I paying all this? 
So, oh, I don't know if you heard this, and uh, Twitch viewers is really interesting. Um, I believe it was um, Shopify, one of the big tech companies that does um, merchant accounts, credit cards. They they said to their employees, you no longer have to be physically at the office forever. A basically. lot of, a lot you of can, business. You can all work uh, remotely mobile. from your from your own yeah. place. A lot and there's of other companies that want to do that, that too. Yeah, I think Amazon said that. That's right. I think other big tech companies are basically figuring out like we don't really need a huge office space. People can work remotely and whatever else, you know, because they're in tech. Um, and and this software, like we're using Zoom right now, like other softwares, Discord, Slack, uh, other softwares are just getting better. Internet speeds getting better. People can work remotely and still do their jobs and do fine. Why are they paying for huge office space? Why are you paying exorbitant? Um, you know, amounts of money to be in an apartment in uh, San Francisco or in New York or whatever. So I think the real estate market for like big cities is going to take a hit after this, all this coronavirus stuff's over. Yeah. I mean, thoughts on that? Yeah, no. Well, one thing I'm interested to see is if, if they have, I don't know how they could quantify this, but if they could somehow come out with some numbers on, um, you know, how many people have been affected with COVID from this rioting. Like, wouldn't that be interesting to look up? So the next point, like, guys, what? no one cares about coronavirus. No, nobody cares about no COVID right now. I feel cares. like no one I mean, even people gives do. a crap. I mean, I'm in my parents' doctor's office right now, so I should be wearing a mask. But no one. <laughs> no. I mean, we so we had a very, uh, let's say, lively conversation about two weeks ago on coronavirus where I was saying, like, the shutdown's crap. It's garbage. Should never happen. Like, whatever else. And then we have this, like, you know, these these protests and whatever. It seems like the media, everyone, n- coronavirus is not even a concern anymore, right? Yeah. No, it, uh, you're it so totally, right. And, and, and it's it's such a media. I mean, okay, guys in chat, please let us know. But it seems <laughs> it seems like such a media. Just how much we rely on the media. Okay, I will talk from experience. I know this many people who have gotten coronavirus or, and I know no one who's died from it. And, um, our economy has been shut down in California for two months and, um, we're the sixth largest economy in the world. We make $3 trillion GDP every year. Um, we shut this all down for something that worldwide today, the number is 6 million confirmed cases. And it kills people who are really old and have pre-existing conditions. And we shut down this great grand economy of ours for two whole months. Not like a few days or a week or two weeks or whatever else, but for two full months. The media has kind of kept it going, kept it going, kept it going. George Floyd protest. Sorry, George Floyd, his death. And then the protest. Silence on coronavirus absolute silence so i think for for anyone who is like really skeptical i i'll say it i think it was pretty it's it's quite a vindication the the fact that no one cares about coronavirus anymore it's so interesting to me because it you know well you know i mean obviously things can shift our focus pretty easily and something like rioting and looting really does and protesting and that really has shifted. Although you did see people in the riots and the looting and the police wearing masks, obviously like that's 
that's a given that they should do. But when they're performing their duty, they're not thinking about COVID with these people. They're thinking no. about rioting. And they're thinking about looting and stopping those people. And, um, dude, I tell you what, rubber bullets hurt. They hurt, man. <laughs> yeah, if I'm sure they don't get, feel good. They're, they're shot out of a regular get, gun, right? Like, you, you shoot get, them yeah, out of a real you, gun. When you get shot by one of those things, like, that can take one of your eyes out. Okay, so like, there was a lady in La Mesa who somebody had, like, to get the protesters to go back had started randomly shooting rubber bullets and one lodged legitimately right here and there was blood coming down her face and yeah. a lot of people thought she was dead she had to go to the hospital she was she ended up being all right but those things are like she may they also said she may lose an eye like because of rubber bullets and whatever else like stuff serious you know what i mean dude it's so serious because it's just the whole the whole thing is a disaster. I mean, this should never have happened. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. And within hours, the rioting and the looting just gets absolute. I mean, it's pure rage and anger and hatred that is fueling this. Yep. And um, it's just, it's something that cannot be stopped currently. And look, these people are, they hate they hate that cop that did that. They have a just a sense of rage in them about what's, and rightfully so, that they're angered about this. And uh, it's just, it's such a shame that all this is happening because of the stupidity of an officer, of four well, officers. The, the maliciousness, really. I mean, stupidity, yeah. I think, coupled with maliciousness. Um, you can tell, like, when he starts saying, okay, go ahead, try and get in the car, try and get in the car. Like he knows what he's doing. He's murdering the guy. And because he's a police officer, he thinks he can get away with it. Now the stupidity element of that is he's on camera and everyone can tell. And that video obviously goes viral and everyone knows about it. It's just absurd. I mean, the whole thing's really absurd. And then I, I think, okay, so there's like, there's two issues here, right? There's, police brutality, how, how African-Americans are treated, everything else. And the other thing I'm really, you know, the side issue that no one, the side issue is this whole coronavirus stuff that we've been dealing with for two months that have shut down the U.S. economy that have cast 40 million people into unemployment have really devastated a lot of lives is, was like that. No one cared about it anymore. And I think has been immensely overblown. And I think looking retroactively, and I, I'm saying this looking retroactively with the information we have now, I think the economy should not have been shut down. I think the social distancing and everything else didn't really make that uh, huge of a difference, that the numbers that we're seeing was pretty consistent, that the models were overblown, that we had false information, that the modeling was overrated. And that the economic uh, devastation that it's re it's 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 uh it's procured is um is uh it's is terrible and should not have happened and I think I can say that pretty boldly and uh, if we would have taken two weeks I think even even uh, so I I mentioned this before when we talked two weeks ago right I think the U S should not have the right to just shut everything down. To tell you can't have a salon, 
and you can't operate it. I think that's already an overstepping of the government's rights and abilities. But the fact that they did it for two months is just so absurd. And I think we're just living in a new age of the state uh, that we really haven't seen before. Well, you know, here, in especially in America, (laughs) we have a very strong sense of nationalism and patriotism and freedom. And I've seen that a lot more in this country than any other country I've been to. And um, the people here really feel that they have a strong, they have a strong right and, and just ownership over their freedom and that they want to exercise that in any situation possible. And the thing is that we have to be understanding of certain threats like a virus we have to understand that the damage it can do. But then again, there are people out there that will really exercise to, I don't even know to like what lengths, but they will really show that their, how do I say this? Like their freedom almost overcomes the virus. You know what I mean? Like they're, they go to lengths that are almost dangerous based off of their feel, their level of a feeling of freedom that they have and being inconsiderate, I guess, to others and to our country. Look, there's people are very nationalistic in this country and patriotic and rightfully so, because we pretty much have the most awesome independent story. And so, uh, you know, there is that sense of nationalism, nationalism and pride, but in times like this, we need to put into consideration what it, what the right thing to do is. Not to go, not to make actions based off of what you feel or how you see freedom, but to actually make right, prudent decisions for the safety of our citizens. And we cannot let we cannot let our overblown sense of freedom get in the way of that. We all we have to be logical. We have to be reasonable, and I mean, that's just what I think. I think that it comes down to. I mean, fair enough. But like with the knowledge that we have now that the U.S. has not been overwhelmed, that hospitals have not been overwhelmed, that whatever else, I think we can pretty easily say that the shutdowns were unnecessary. You know, it's debatable, um, but. Debatable in which way? Like, I mean, with the knowledge we have now, they were unnecessary because the social distancing, whatever, like our hospitals did not get overwhelmed by COVID. We were anticipating like an Italy-like situation, yeah, and we didn't get that here in the U.S. And well, um, yeah, go ahead. I think I think it's easy for us to say um, as people that like we're not professionals in any manner. So, and especially like in the medical field. So, like my parents kind of think differently. They think that the virus wasn't really overblown, just because they have seen so much and like they. They've just experienced, you know, certain things with the virus. And so, like, it's very real to them. And it's just, um, I don't know. It's, I do think that if I were to, I guess, give on a scale of one to 10, what I think we did correctly in terms of shutdown, like shutting down our economy and, and, uh, and, businesses and things like that. I'd probably give it a six or seven. I think that we did it fairly well. 
but um, I do think that now we, we cannot close again. I mean, our economy is going to be gone if we close again. And we don't know if there's going to be a second wave or not. And this is the what I'm talking about is that people are going to basically say, well, there was an article that I read that basically said places are opening up in defiance of like the mayors and the state because they don't want to shut down again. And I mean, just think about the chaos though, that this rioting and looting is causing. I mean, it's literally destroying business. It's destroying the economy. If you think about it, like it's destroying businesses, just everything. And so if we think about it, COVID is getting worse. If you think about it, like the economy wise, you know, it's damaging the economy. I just like, don't, like, I don't think the payoff was like worth it. I, I, I understand like you want to slow the spread and whatever else, but the reason we were trying to slow the spread. So we talked about this before, like the, the amount of people who end up getting COVID is going to be the same. You're all you're trying to do is flatten the curve, right? So you want it to go over a longer time period. So if you shut down the economy, you're hoping to stretch out the number of people who end up getting the disease, but the number who get it over the, the full span of time is this the same over however long, right? Now we shut down the, the U S economy and, uh, the number of people who got it was pretty consistent with, you know, with lesser modeling, right? The, the modeling that was severe was if you did nothing, right? But the American people were all aware of what social distancing means, washing your hands, wearing a mask, right? American people were like, okay, we buy it, whatever, we'll do it. You shut down the economy and, um, you know, like if you look at Sweden, these other places, they opened, they never really shut down the economy. They just said, do social distancing stuff. And their rates were about the same as ours in terms of how it spreads, whatever else. Meanwhile, the destruction that's being wrought is 40 million people unemployed, lots of small businesses going under, thousands, millions of people on welfare checks, right? And making more off of government checks, the economy tanking, the Federal Reserve using all of its printing tons and tons of money, unlimited QE, giving all this money to the market. The market starts going up because the federal government, tons of subsidies. The economic impact of all of this far, if you couple the economic impact with the fact that hospitals were not nearly overwhelmed like we expected, looking retroactively, I don't see a justification for shutting down the economy. We we did it. Now, obviously, at the time, the modeling was saying we're going to end up in a situation like Italy where their hospitals are overwhelmed and people are dying of COVID and whatever else. And so people like, all right, let's shut down. So. At that moment, you know, people use the information they had, the government used the information they had, and then shut it down. I think if they would have went two weeks, you remember when Trump was saying like Easter, let's reopen. I think if they did that, we would be in the same place we are now. You open it at Easter, but the the only difference would be the economy wouldn't be as in the tank as it is now, right? Um, yeah. But we, we didn't do that. And a lot of states, like if you look at Georgia and Florida, they reopen, nothing changed. COVID cases remained about like the same amount distribution that they did. California and New York kept the shutdown. Their COVID cases were still doing the same rate. The only difference is Florida and Georgia opened their economy and are actually making money. California and New York 
are with their democratic governors are still shut down and their economics are tanking continuously. And so I think looking retroactively, I think the shutdowns were um were a mistake. I would say it. I would say the shutdowns are a mistake. I think we should have just let the pandemic play out. The government should not have told businesses you can't operate. You have to stay at home. I think that's an overreach of government power. And uh, we should have let the, the the coronavirus play out. Hospitals would have been ready for it. We would have been ready. The distribution maybe would have been a little bit higher than it would have been if we shut down the economy. But that's the nature of pandemics. The thing I'm really worried about is the economic impact and then the governmental overreach, which sets a really, really, really bad precedent for the future. I think those are greater evils than letting the distribution spike a little bit more at a particular time. And it's not because I'm being, you know, um, you know, I'm lacking empathy or whatever else. Like the rates were similar. They didn't justify an economic shutdown. There's far more human damage that comes from 40 million people unemployed. And you got to think some of these people protesting are protesting because they literally have nothing to do and they're unemployed and they have no money. There's nothing else to do. Well, you can, I mean, you can look at it economically and in terms of medical statistics. Um, And so, I mean, you know, in terms of medical statistics, like COVID, like it went up a little bit when we started reopening. Um, but not like ridiculously, and, right? But Florida, not ridiculously. Right? Florida but and not Georgia, ridicu- yeah, they didn't go up. They didn't just like skyrocket, yeah. right? In fact, well, they some of those uh, Florida, I think, had like even lower cases as as time went on when they reopened. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say because it, it varies all over the place. But um, I think that that's hard for me to say. I have to look into it more. I have to look at more of the statistics and things like that. But I don't think a second shutdown would be good for us. I think it'd be really bad, obviously, and yeah. it's not going to happen. Uh, <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> I just think that it just, I'm just really interested to see at what COVID this, I think that there's going to be, my prediction is going to be that I think that there's going to be a rapid rise in cases from the rioting. I think that there will be. Is there's so many people in close quarters with each other. They're literally side by side. And probably half of them aren't wearing masks. And so I'm interested to see what's going to happen. It's a weird thing, but we'll see what happens, man. So by the way, Twitch viewers, we are taking chat. We haven't got much chat tonight, but we're looking for that chat. Uh, please drop us Come on. Come on, chat what, viewers. What, what, what do you think about Corona? What's going on? Um. I, it's, it's a weird time, man. And it's, I think it's compounded by the fact that the government has become so, I mean, did you even know Governor Newsom? Like he was the governor of California before all this Corona stuff happened. But that, 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 he, gover- was... that he was the governor of California. Like, did you even yeah. know? Okay. Well, you knew, did you care at oh. all? No, not really. No, no one cared. <laughs> Like the fact that the state governments have become so important to us during like, and and I said this a while back ago as well, like government has been enormously expanded before our eyes almost instantaneously. And we haven't really like seen a ton of backlash. You know, we had that random, like, where was it? 
was it in Minnesota or something? It was in Michigan, I think, where the the oh, guy yeah, showed was, up with guns. It was in Michigan, yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, he showed up, yeah. So there's isolated cases of protests or whatever, but basically the American people were okay to give up their rights to having a business, to doing to having sports, to going freely to their business, to operating whatever, because the government supported by medical elites um, projected lots of people were going to die. And so the government told everyone, you can't go to your business. Unprecedented in American history. <laughs> and everyone went along with it because the numbers were so bad, because the medical elites were saying this. Now, we know now that the models were overblown. Okay, The 20 million whatever cases, 2 million deaths that they predicted were completely overblown. The government went in and took all those rights to itself, and everyone just said, we'll go along with it. Now we're seeing with the George Floyd protest that everyone, no one really cares. And in fact, that uh, it's been so, people realize it's been overblown to a point that like, these protesters aren't even caring. I obviously, like the coronavirus is a bad disease, whatever else is worse than the flu. But, um. I think the precedent that this sets for government shutdowns, the economic destruction that this is this is brought about, the unrest in American society that this is brought about, far outweighs the the spike that we would have seen if the economy wasn't shut down. Mm. Debatable whether the spike would have even occurred, right? Because Sweden and other countries never even shut down, they never saw the spike. I think the when you look at it, the let's let's name it the precedent of government taking authority and power for itself without the express will of the people. There was no like representative decision to make this. It was representatives of us who are in government who just said, we're taking these rights from you because of a difficult situation. That precedent, the 40 million people and the economic downturn that we've seen because of this. And the civil unrest that these shutdowns have caused, I think those three things combined far outweighs the, let's say, difficulties or evils that we would have seen if we never shut down the economy and allowed coronavirus to play out as it did in the country. Um, I think the numbers wouldn't have been overwhelming hospitals, and I think America would have remained strong as she is. I think more people would have died, perhaps. Um over a shorter amount of time. Uh, but I think that, let's say that evil, right, of the pandemic is lesser than the fact of those three things of uh, government overreach that sets a weird precedent, a bad precedent rather, economic upheaval and civil unrest. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, I think, I think that obviously if you open up, you're probably going to see some deaths, but we haven't seen something super substantial, like a weird spike that happened. Uh, and I think that it's just going to be steady. I haven't really checked much of the numbers lately, but uh, I don't think that there's been a lot of like, in, take our County. We had 41 cases and 40 people recovered and one person died. And we have no active cases in our County right now, none. And our County extends all the way to Tahoe basically. Right. So uh, I do think that maybe maybe it was overblown a bit, um, but 
I don't think that that should hinder us from, or should give us permission to kind of blow it off our shoulders. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but fair I enough. That, it's not, it's I not think that COVID could still, I think that COVID could still make a bad second uprising. Um, if something happens, especially maybe like through this rioting and stuff, you never know. Um, but I do think that it's still important for us to practice the guidelines that were given to us. I mean, I'm yeah, super, I think I'm social super distancing su- and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, perhaps I suppose it's just so weird. Um, yeah. I mean, do you remember like mid, uh, do you remember like all throughout the month of April? Right. Everyone. I, it's so weird. Like it's the only so things weird. that were open were grocery stores. Uh, it's, everyone it was, was shut down. It, it was like every day thing. Trump was giving a press conference. Uh, I call him Gaviner Newsom was <laughs> governor. Gaviner. <laughs> governor Newsom was given his press conference in California. Governor Cuomo was given his press conference. All these state <laughs> officials were like, wow, we're so cool. We're, we're saving you from <laughs> coronavirus. The whole shebang, dude. And everyone was just like, okay, we're going to do this. Yeah, we're saving lives and all this absolute rubbish. And, uh, (laughs) right. And it's like, and we're still going to grocery stores. Everyone's still like going outside. We're running around. We're doing whatever. Meanwhile, millions of people are getting laid off, losing their jobs, economically devastated. The people who are making decisions aren't getting economically hurt at all. Right. I mean, think about it. The government officials, you think Cuomo's taking a, a economic hit because of this? Like the people who already have capital in our country, the people who are pretty wealthy, who are white collar jobs, whatever, they can work from home. If if your job is literally make tacos, you can't make tacos. If your job is, you know, manage funds in a hedge fund in the stock market, like you can stand, you can be at home and do all that brokerage from home and then contact your customers. If your job is Doing law cases, you can do that from home. If your job is working for tech for Shopify, you can do that from home. Like the guys who already have money, who are kind of set and whatever else, they're like, yeah, I'll stay home on a one month vacation while I do occasional work. Like, oh, that's no problem. I'll just do Zoom calls, right? So you have like the elites of America doing Zoom calls and having fun times and, you know, continuing to make money and do their jobs and not get laid off. You get the, and let's, let's, face it, you know, like uh, minority communities and others who rely on having physical jobs like restaurants and owning like a liquor store and running a grocery store and working at Home Depot and Lowe's, working at a movie theater, working at entertainment, working whatever, who all of a sudden are sitting at home waiting for the government to give them a check, right? Yeah. All that taken together right? The people who are hurt by this are not the people who are pretty wealthy and have white collar jobs. The people who are hurt by this and who are now unemployed are the blue collar workers and the whatever else and who really need that, right? And now are 40 million people unemployed. That leads right into the civil unrest, right? Because um, if you're unemployed and desperate and whatever else because of this, like we were talking about this a month ago or so. Like, we don't know what it looks like post-corona. We're still trying to figure this out. I think these George Floyd protests are like one little clue in to the fact that we've just economically devastated millions of people. Right? Yeah. Like, people are freaking frustrated, dude. The people who are like, you know, in these neighborhoods, right? Like, uh, 
I think it was in Hollywood, like Natalie Portman and like some other actress just signed a petition to defund the police department in LA. Like a bunch of like, <laughs> yeah, they want to defund the police department and they live in what? you know mansions in Beverly Hills with gated communities what? with guards outside of it. You know what I mean? Like these are their, you know, absolute dumbasses who are like trying to, you know, they're the white collar. They're not getting economically hurt by Corona. They're staying at home and like, you know, Right up beside their like uh, huge pool, you know, with like <laughs> with uh, the California sunset in the background, you know, stay at home, save lives. You're going to do great. All this stuff. <laughs> Whereas, you know, the, the Mexican guy in L.A. who just started a taco shop is done for, you know, he, he can't operate his taco shop anymore. And the guy's in bed over the hills. OK, guys, so you need to stay at home, save lives. All this type of stuff. Alex 2.0. <laughs> and and we just, and you know, the real, that, so the people we've hurt by this, you know, we, we said we're saving lives. We're saving lives. We're saving lives. It's not been demonstrated to me that the economic shutdown led to saving lives. Okay. In a significant way. What it has demonstrated to the American people is it's directly caused 40 million people to be unemployed. Further, it's directly caused economic devastation, and further, it's directly caused the civil unrest I think we're seeing. I think it's there's the undercurrent of that. Obviously, there was the George Floyd and the protests and everything else, but I think the undercurrent of this is as well is lots and lots of people unemployed and disgruntled about the fact of what where we're at. Further government overreach. And the only the people who are hurt by this are the people who don't have a ton of money who are living paycheck to paycheck. Everyone who's fine are the people in the media, the white collar workers, the whatever else. Um, so I think, and and now we're seeing the media completely change their tune and like completely on George Floyd stuff, I think vindicates the fact that coronavirus was overblown by the media and that however bad coronavirus was, it didn't merit shutting down the economy. Well, you think like, I mean, you think literally, I mean, I guess you think about it in a way that says the media so quickly switched from coronavirus to George Floyd that it's like, they never even were covering coronavirus in the first place. Like it was like, it's their like complete disregard for it in such the way that they were switching from the coronavirus to George Floyd. I mean, so Rush Limbaugh put it this way. He said, who benefits from 40 million people being unemployed? Do the Republicans benefit from people being unemployed and wanting government handouts? No. Do the Democrats, could they find a benefit in having mass amount of people dependent on government handouts? Yes, they definitely could, right? Because they intend a kind of socialistic system in which the wealth of the, you know, the wealthy people gets distributed to um, those. uh, Oh, we got a chat from Cyclops Saber Brown. Overblown's the word. There was a news article that said hospitals in Virginia were empty. Cyclops Saber Brown. Thank you for, for saying that. Sergi <laughs> Dias, thank you very much for saying that. Overblown is the word. And I think we're seeing that now. I, what I say by vindication, by the fact that the media has completely changed their tune to just covering George Floyd protests, I think the media was fueling the Democrat governments, um, the Democrat legislatures and state governments shutdown of the economy. They were fueling it by saying, by continued coverage of the coronavirus. And now that this is kind of, run its case, run its course. Um, 
you know, they're ready to focus on another issue that they can advance their political gain or whatever else. I think looking back on it, I don't think the economy ever should have been shut down. And I'll, I'll stand by that, that statement. And I don't think it made, I I don't think it made a major, I think, well, I'm just saying the destruction that it wrought is worse than what would have been happened if we just let coronavirus run its course. Yeah. And I think it also, one more point and then I'll, it, it also shows how dependent we are on the media to form our opinion. If the mm. media hadn't been such this big thing that it is now, and like America wasn't so, let's say, universally, um, like information gets universally disseminated very quickly, right? George Floyd dies nearly instantaneously. The, the entire country knows about it. Protests are all over the country coronavirus happens in New York and LA and San San Francisco, whatever, almost universally, everyone in America hears about it, knows about it, and it's ready to go along with what the state government says. Like the media has such a power now that's been so, it's so unprecedented that imagine if you, the only like relevant information you heard about coronavirus is in a newspaper and like on a radio broadcast on occasion, right? That was the only, instead of like constant news cycles, 24 seven, everyone's talking about it, whatever else. Like there would be a lot of local stuff that people are like, what are you talking about? I've never even met somebody with coronavirus. We had like a total of like 2000 cases in San Diego all the way up into April. I knew nobody who had Corona, right? Like why didn't San Diego just continue? Well, because all America is freaked out about coronavirus. I think the economic shutdown was overblown. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I agree that it was, I agree totally that the media, I mean, that the media, they're savages. <laughs> um, not all of them, but a lot of them just, uh, they like to excite the people, I guess, and lead them in wrong directions. And that's why we've seen an absolute war on social media, because different people are receiving different sources of inf- information. And so you question what's credible or not. Um, and I think overall it just feels like hatred. I mean, it, people, there are so many Americans that are so angered and so frustrated that the economy shut down that they don't know, they don't have actual like evidence or not. If it was like, it's kind of hard to say, but you know, you question, why did it shut down? Did the media have some sort of part to play in this? Did they, you know, wreak and cause havoc? And uh, although I don't know why anybody would want to shut down, would have a purpose of shutting I, down. I have, a, I have an inkling like, that may. You know. Okay, so imagine your goal is to make people more dependent on government and further to make them economically dependent on government for handouts. Okay. You use a situation like coronavirus to make more and more people dependent on government handouts and government subsidies and government intervention and government well, involvement of your life. Yeah. Like yeah. why, if that was your intention, then why not use it to the best of your ability? Yeah. Further, no, it makes complete sense. So, I mean, that, like, why wouldn't you? If you're, if you're a Democrat governor who's been pushing for socialist policies for forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, coronavirus comes, now you have a universal justification to eliminate economic uh uh independence and create an economic dependence for millions of people and it's like your time to shine man like you're you're ready you're like okay now people 
like we're implementing a socialist agenda, right? Bernie's just squeaming in his shoes, thinking about the, the prospect of millions of people dependent on government handouts. And it's completely un, unsustainable, right? Communism's un, unsustainable in this way. But I mean, what are they going to do? If you own a restaurant and your restaurant's not making any money, or if you work at a restaurant and you're not making any money, are you just going to not take the government handout? No, you're going to take yeah. it. You're going to say, I want the money. But where does that money come from? It comes from people buying stuff at restaurants and paying taxes. Where does that money come from? Other people who are making money and paying taxes. And like it requires economic interest. But if you can yeah. set the precedent for people needing government money, they'll be more ready to accept it. They'll be dependent on the government for it. The government expands its influence and its power thereby. And you get exactly what the, the Democrats have been wanting, what people who are socialists have been wanting for a long time. And it's a, it's an easy door to walk through. And then you couple that with the fact that Trump has basically given uh, carte blanche to Fauci and to Scarf Queen to tell him exactly how the models are going to be predicted. And he goes along with the shutdowns that the governors want. And um, here's where we're at. And then you can tell it's all fabricated by the fact that the media and everyone else has just kind of dropped it for George Floyd stuff because now they have another political agenda they want to push through. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and I agree with that. I think that it's uh, the way that it was kind of the way that things were kind of dropped, you know, and, and focus shifted quickly to uh, George Floyd. I mean, it almost makes it feel like coronavirus was in vain or whatever, you know, like it never really had any. <clears throat> like, why aren't we still focusing on coronavirus? I mean, maybe we are, but probably not to the extent that we're that we've shifted now to George Floyd, um, which, by the way, we shouldn't we're not underplaying that in any way. We think that it's one of the most important things to focus on right now uh, and the disgrace that that cop showed. And there's something that just makes me feel so good that his wife divorced him like that day. Like that to me is just like, I didn't know that. That's yeah, crazy. bro. Heck yeah. <laughs> like seriously. I mean, yeah, let's, let's know. bring it back to George Floyd. So we, we started the program, the, uh, the Epic podcast, Kellen and Alex show, the greatest show to exist on planet earth with the George Floyd protest. Uh, and we begun with the actual video of him uh, being murdered. It's just gruesome to watch. And um, I wonder, okay, now maybe this is, well, like how much of this, it seems like it's exacerbated by two factors. The fact that like nothing else is happening in America right now. <laughs> like yeah. there's no sports, there's no interest, there's nothing economics, like whatever, except for coronavirus, which people are freaking Fear. bored of. Right. It's fear. And then the second, just the severity of the case has just, okay, let's, let's put a third. So first being the fact that there's literally nothing else happening in America right now. And so it's the only thing that people are paying attention to that's happening now. The second, the severity of the case, like you watch the video and it's just gruesome. We watched the video together. And then the third, uh, so many people are just unemployed. Right. And so they have nothing, literally nothing else to do anyways. Um, so this, the whole George Floyd case and protest and everything else, like it, the reason it's reached the pinnacle, like across the country and across, across the globe that, globe that it has is because of those factors of 
everyone's unemployed, it's so severe, and there's nothing else newsworthy in the United States right now, except for well, coronavirus, yeah, which is it's over, like, you know. It's like in the U.S., everything's just gone dead. You know, there's just, it's like there's no real journalism being produced. I mean, there's not real, it just doesn't seem like there's, everything just seems dead to me. I don't know. It just seems like there's <laughs> fear in the eye of the, in the eye of the viewer. And, um, and that rightfully so, because people don't want to get, you know, people don't want to have their businesses destroyed and their houses burned. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it just seems like everything is just static or it's not it's just unclear, you know? And so, um, it's important for us to, you know, keep our eye on the prize, which is, um, justice mostly right now because this those justice needs to be served definitely right now i mean that's the biggest thing that we need to focus on is that first of all his death will not go in vain his brother is telling um is telling everybody please stop doing this this is not you know how you know bring the memory of my brother you know i don't want the memory of my brother to be rioting and looting, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want it to go in that direction. And, um, there's what the liberal media doesn't want to show is they show all these things about attacking Trump and it's his fault and everything, but they won't show they're cowards. The left is cowards. They won't show stuff of, um, you know, like black people peacefully protesting and, there's photos of them like fist bumping cops, you know, because they're just standing there for protection and uh, for their protection. And there's photos of, you know, there's this one video of this cop who was hugging this black woman and she was crying. And the cop said, we're, we know we're here for you. What happened was not just and what we're here for you. And, you know, that's what it should be instead of people just constantly attacking Trump and saying everything's his fault. And so, I mean, it's just, to me, it's just a disgrace that, uh, that everybody is just, it seems like there's been so much rage and hatred that has been built up that it even, it almost makes it feel like George Floyd himself is like, completely non-existent you know what i mean like it's like everything it's is spiraled just, to like just way spiraled. Than him. it's like it's not even about him anymore it feels that's like. right guys that's why you need to watch the kelvin and alex show because we go into we started with the actual video here's just what it is <laughs> but yeah no we it's want to show it yeah we, we wanted, wanted to show it exactly because it it's very important to show what happened um and to have and justice needs to be served that's one of the things that trump said is that we're looking into the case. So that's the next part. Like, are they going to f- prosecute him federally? As I a don't even, crime? from looking at it, I don't really see what there's to look into. I mean, there's clear evidence. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean of like. I mean, it's true. It's so, it's so true. Like, what I, do you I mean, need to like, know? Like, what do you need to, like, it's right there. It is right there. Like, which is like, it's undeniable in video. Clearly killed him. He passed out. It's not like the video showed it first and then it was him later being you know pulled away or something it was literally him in stages like 
screaming for help and then passing out while showing people close by saying, what are you doing? Yep. What do you, what, do you, what in the world you're going against your, your idea of justice. You're going against your duty as a police officer. You're going against the free principles of this nation of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You're killing that. And that's what you did. That's what that stupid police officer did. Murdered a man. Yep. Murdered a man the most brutal way you can do it. And it's an absolute disgrace. By the way, Twitch viewers, we are taking chat. How has the protest affected you in your area? Uh, are there protests going on? Are there riots going on? Has there been looting? Please let us know in chat. You know, are watching. You know Alex? Yeah, go ahead. There's very, there's very few things that naturally irritate me. But... This was just one of them that, first of all, I, I understand the, the thing that main thing that irritated me was seeing was those other cops just watching that. I mean, it makes me tense. It, every single muscle in my body tenses up when I think about seeing those other cops just watching that guy do that. That's as bad as killing him. It's That's why they're being charged as accomplices. So, guys, uh, the Devin, wait, Derek, rather, Derek Chauvin was charged with second degree murder today. Likewise, his three accomplices uh, were were charged as being accomplices to murder. Uh, they're going to face trial and. Um, so that's that's where we're at in terms of trial. We talked earlier about the. Uh, the autopsy, which did reveal that uh, George Floyd was intoxicated with fentanyl. Uh, during the the event and had used methamphetamines recently Um, and how that may affect the defense's case. However, I think it's, it's pretty obvious. It's completely indefensible in any type of way. It is absolutely a murder. You can see it from the video. There's no way to defend that in any way. Uh, Although the defendants will, uh, the defense will be made in court because every, every trial has to have a defense and a prosecution in order to be a fair trial. There will be a fair trial and and also the possibility that this trial really explodes another round of protest even greater than what we've currently seen, depending on how I mean, the sentencing comes out. Well, it's going to be an absolute disgrace to justice if they receive some sort of sentence that we all know is bad, like that that is not just that is not just. Um, and for me personally, when it comes to things like this, like I haven't experienced something like this before. I don't think in my life uh, that was this bad, like rioting and looting and things like that. I mean, my sister lives in DC and the other day she was outside her apartment and saw some guy got arrested. She just went back inside. And, um, and to me, it's just, I, I just can't, I can't even imagine it in my mind. It doesn't make sense to me logically why there would be people, AKA the cops that would allow this to happen. That would be there knowing that they have a a duty to serve justice, to be protectors of the peace. Right. And so to do that is against every single thing they stand for. And with all the rioting and looting going on, I mean, I, I guess I understand why it's happening. It's because of that. 
but I didn't think that it would get to this extent. I didn't think that they would get this bad, but there are a lot of people in this country that are enraged with hatred from these kind of things. And police brutality has always, always been a thing. And there's cops out there that are super racist. Um, and you can tell definitely that those cops, originally I heard that the other cops were just like standing there in just like um, uh, flabbergasted at what was going on. Like they weren't had, they didn't have any, you know, agenda behind this. When I saw it, when I saw it, I was like, these cops are just letting this guy die. It's like, they're with the program. They are with the program. I've never seen anything like that before. Me either. This poor guy, this poor guy who looked like he was a good person and maybe he had problems like we all do. And some of us have bigger problems than others. But if if they have, if he's doing something illegal, he deserves to be brought to the court and to have a fair trial and, you know, be judged accordingly. This is total. This was murder. This was murder on the back of I'm a police officer and I can do whatever I want. And specifically, I will do whatever I want with more than likely racial uh, prejudice and uh, hatred. That's and why you, know, one you way couple to... that all together. You couple the fact of the police thinking they can get away with anything and the fact that the courts oftentimes back that up, that mentality. The fact that this is a a common thing that happens to African-Americans, particularly more than white people or whatever else. And I think we can say that pretty fairly that, um, that you know, um, yeah, and, I mean, and this was a white on black uh, murder. And, um, and you know, the, the racial profile that goes along with police and goes along with African-Americans or whatever else, and you put all that together, and this is the, the perfect storm of a terrible, terrible murder. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's so sad to me that there are people out there like that. I mean, what I don't get is why they would go through training like that and learn all the things. I mean, police officers have to go through some serious stuff for, before they become a police officer. And to counter their, the idea of their, the proper idea of their duty in a way like that is just a disgrace. I mean, I believe that. And now, you know, there's the whole, another thing too, is when you go on social media, I've read a lot of things that people say all lives matter. And then people say black, well, black lives matter. If black lives don't matter, then all lives don't matter. Well, for black, for all lives to matter, black lives matter. Like a lot of people, there's a lot of people that say that, well, all lives matter. And it's true, but a lot of people get mad when you don't particularly say black lives matter. What is it? Luke 15. That is the good shepherd or whatever the, the, of the good shepherd. Mm -hmm. What will Jesus do? If he has a hundred sheep and one of them goes missing, he will leave those other 99 to go find that one lost sheep. And you know what? That's the perfect thing here as to understand why black lives matter. So let's talk about like the solutions to this police brutality, racial profiling against uh, black Americans. 
many people have said policy changes, uh, police reform, um, you know, an ending to whatever. Some have advocated for the whole system of America is corrupt and it's, it's all, um, you know, it's only set up for white people, whatever else. But uh, there was a story the other day, uh, my, the, the pastor of my parish at, at his homily, he talked about uh, in La Mesa, where the protests were happening, there was a, uh, a priest who was praying outside of this target that was getting looted currently getting looted and he was on his knees and he was praying and father anthony said i don't recognize that priest is he from our diocese when they went up and interviewed him he was a lutheran priest and he was uh he was praying and they asked him you know how do we end you know the thing that happened to george floyd and he said we need the gospel he said we need jesus christ he said if there's going to be an end to this hatred and to this racism we need faith and we need this, this love that comes from the gospel. And, and I totally agree. There needs to be police reform. There needs to be policy reform. There needs to be all these types of things. And I think people are, you know, all debating about how do we react to this? How do we agree state-wise? But ultimately the solution to this is the, the, the love, uh, the Christian love and the gospel and the grace of Jesus Christ that has to be necessary to solve these issues None of these issues can be just solved by just a number of policies. It can't just be solved by, oh, let's just reform the police or let's just do that. And there's going to be debate between Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives, whatever, as to how do we approach this going forward. But we need the love that comes from the gospel. And you could tell the evil that was in that man's heart. Regardless, Devin, regardless of the, uh, you know, the policies that are enacted, you know, if if we don't have a society that can embrace the gospel and whatever else, um, embrace the gospel, embrace Christ, embrace love, like we'll never get past racism and and um, and these evils. And we need Jesus Christ more than ever. I mean, we really do. I mean, this is supposed to be the free nation of the world, the leading free nation of the world. And what happened is a disgrace. And you know what? The rest of the world should look at the U.S. and say, that was a disgrace. Why would you do something like that? You think that you can just do that whenever you want that police? I mean, I haven't seen numbers in any other countries, and I've looked at other countries to, to the numbers of the extent that police brutality is here compared to there. It is so bad here. Hmm. I mean, I've seen just some terrible things that are just blatant. They're blatantly wrong. And I can't understand why it's because there's a lack, there's a lack of education and understanding of Christianity in the world. You really think that Jesus would do something like that? No, he wouldn't obviously, but people don't know that people don't know that. And we need to let people know that the gospel is the way. It's the way we have to be educated. We have to learn about these things and we have to understand their core meanings so that we can reform ourselves and society in a way where we eradicate future dangers of things like this happening. And it has to be done. There is no other way. And I, as a Catholic and you as a Catholic, we, are, we will do whatever we can to help this small change. That's what needs to happen. Change at a time. It keeps coming. 
but we have to work for it. We have to evangelize. We have to show people, we have to show social structures in society that these things can be done, but we have to work for it. We have to work hard to find the change. It's a disgrace if we choose not to. You know, a lot of people were lambasting Trump for standing in front of the church with the Bible, but, you know, that's what we need. We need that spiritual unity as a country. We need to embrace, you know, uh, Christ and embrace the morality that's there. Um, Because no matter how many legislations you, you pass, how many laws you enact, how many reforms you do, you need the heart to be cleansed in, in love and not in this racial hate. Um, Cyclops Saber Brown says, maybe police brutality is more prevalent in the U.S. because we respect the cops too much. In Italy and France, they make fun of the police. <laughs> I think um, what you're pointing to, Cyclops Saber Brown, is an excellent point, which I think you can tell with different police departments, they take their job either overly seriously or they take it a little under seriously, I suppose. There are some police departments that the whole culture that goes into it is we are the law and we're above the law because we are the law and uh, we'll do whatever we want and you can't mess with us because we have power and the courts are on our side. And I I think you're pointing to that. So in terms of reform, what we're talking about, um, you know, in Italy and France and these other places, the, the cops don't see themselves as being like, and, and you also have in these other places, Italy and France are less, they're, they're more homogenous, although they're having their own problems with immigrants and whatever else, but that's perhaps a topic for another time. Um, thank you for that comment. We've got about five minutes left. You guys have any more comments or concerns or anything, please drop them in the chat. We are watching for these last five minutes. Um, yeah, I, I think we need Christ. We think I think we need the church. I think we need grace. And uh, those are the only ultimate solutions to uh, this issue. Um no amount of legislation or reforms or whatever else, you know, and you're also seeing a, a small undercurrent of people who are, uh, you know, trying to overhaul society because they think all American society is unfair and necessarily um, racist and bigoted and whatever else. And so we need to overthrow the corrupt system. Um, and those people will continue to talk and have their, their day in the sun. Um, but I, I think this unrest is going to continue for a little bit. Um, I think when the trial comes back, we're really going to see some serious unrest. That is going to be a very, very serious, serious trial. And there could be a lot of damage that comes out of that. And I think that judge knows that too. Whoever the, where the judge, whoever it will be, that judge knows that. That he has potentially in his hands, based on his judgment, is either going to allow a lot more looting and rioting or potentially mellow it down. Yep. And you know what? This is a dangerous situation and we need to pray more than ever. People pray, pray the rosary, pray the chaplet, say the liturgy of the hours, do whatever you can, man. Like this is seriously important. We don't want this country reverting back to its old ways of, you know, just, racial hatred and we don't want that it's not a good thing it's no bueno so i mean everybody keep praying be hopeful as i always say hope is the most dangerous weapon against evil in my opinion um but uh yeah keep hoping keep praying keep loving man that's what we got to do we got to love each other we got to stand up for each other we have to passionately care for each other 
we have to lift each other up in this nation because that's who we are. We're all Americans here. And um, we have to pray for our nation, man. Really keep, keep the, it's hard work, but we got to keep doing it, you know? And so uh, we just got to have a positive mind and look towards the positives. Any final thoughts, uh, Twitch chat, please drop it uh, before we head out at the top of the hour. Um, I think this is a, this was a well-deserved topic. Uh, I know we've been talking about it for a while. We didn't get to cover, obviously there's so much, I mean, we could talk for hours and hours and hours about all the things to, to learn from this, all its applications. Um, I'm really glad we got to actually view the video and go through the actual, what happened on the ground. I know we touched on the protests a little bit. We didn't get super into the protests and the riots and the federal response. There's a lot more that could be said on the federal response, the state response, the local response to how to deal with riots, protests. Uh, if you guys in Twitch chat have anything else before we we wrap up, but um, I'm glad we I'm glad we covered this and I'm glad we dealt with this. I know last week we did total theology and that was a blast and I'd really love to get back to that uh, sometime soon. Hopefully yeah, we'll have talk- some. Uh, Hopefully we'll have some more guests coming up soon. I'm yeah. perhaps one of the professors from Franciscan University may join us. Hey guys, and- you don't know this yet, but we actually you know what? I'm not going to say it. I'm going to wait. Okay. I'm going to wait. You're going to leave us in suspense. Alex, Alex and I, we have some uh, big plans for you guys and uh, you'll see sooner or later what it's going to be. Yep. We're excited. Kellen and Alex show the number one podcast coming out of the Franciscan University, but now we're a little bit outside of Franciscan University. Uh, we're still associated. A little bit outside. Hey, but, but we, number uh, one show. We almost, we almost broke the record at WFRSCC 88.3 FM Franciscan Effect, the Tri-State's best contemporary Christian music station. Number one. Number one, number one. right here. The number one talk show, Franciscan University. We'll say it. Better than Franciscan University presents. Get out of here. Get out of here. We, we are number <laughs> Bam. Bam. It's been a blast. We have been, um, this has been freaking two and a half months we've been covering coronavirus news stuff. I really enjoyed talking St. Therese last week. I think that was wonderful. Hopefully we'll get back to talking theology pretty soon. Um, I may, I may, okay guys, I may podcast tomorrow. Kellen will not be available, but I may, I'm not sure, certain at this point, I may podcast still. Uh, it may just be me talking on a screen. That sounds pretty fun. Hey, it? you know what? Everybody's got something to say, man. I got plenty to say. I got all this pent up rage. And uh, at the end of it, at the end of it, you should be speaking in tongues. Happy Pentecost, by the way, everybody. Happy Pentecost (laughs) to everyone. Uh, We're now in ordinary time. Uh, Yeah, just a blast. Any final thoughts, Kellen, on today's podcast? I'm just like, you know, super thankful for this podcast. And thanks for our viewers, guys. We really appreciate it. And, you know, we do some hard work to prepare for this stuff, but we really thank you guys for everything that you, you know, you watch the way you guys just, you know, hang out with us, talk and chat, you know, watch it. It's really a pleasure for me and Alex, and we're going to continue to do it to keep you guys in, uh, have some fun. Dude, Cyclops, Saber Brown, everyone else who's in uh, Twitch chat and for all you guys viewing at home. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Kellen and Alex podcast. We will be back. I'll probably be back tomorrow night, 6 to 8 p.m. And next Thursday, we'll be back 6 to 8 p.m. Another round of Kellen and Alex show. Thank you all so much for watching and have a good night.